Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Starring your defending champion, Randy of House Santarelli, Ryan of House Palmer, Logan of House Meyer, Tyler of House Para, Danny of House Sladke, Jake of House Hollyfield, Andy of House Pollock, Michael of House Sladke, Justin of House St. Peter, Steve of House Ellinger, Garrett of House Sturkin, and Will of House Larson. Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. On this episode, we are going to be breaking down personal foul clipping. Uh, yeah, um, is it really, though? Because he changes his name every week. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be breaking down Will's team this episode, going again through his startup draft, his depth chart, his future picks, some commentary, and then a season preview. Let's start with his startup draft. Looking at the numbers here, he currently has on his roster eight of the 25 vets that he drafted, and then for rookies, two of the four. So similar to another episode we're going to be talking about very soon with me, I think he did a lot of trading, and that's why he doesn't have many of his players. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that between you, Will, and probably Stark, uh, there's just a crazy amount of trades in this league. There is for everyone, but like you three kind of stick out in my mind. Uh, he starts at the 112. And takes Michael Thomas. Very, very good value now looking back. He'd probably be a top six at the minimum pick in a startup dynasty. That is, It was a great pick. Like that, oh, You cannot say anything bad about that. And then he went back-to-back back with Juju Smith-Schuster. He no longer has him on the team, but I think that was good. He obviously had a rough year, but quarterback was the big-time issue, and that's not controllable in dynasty. At 312, then, he also took Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry just got a massive deal today with the Titans, but again, he's not with Will's team anymore. 401 then, he took Aaron Rodgers. A little high? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I love him, but uh, yeah, he should, probably shouldn't have been taken until about at least the eighth round, I would mm-hmm. say. Uh, then he went three straight with Tariq Cohen, Sammy Watkins, Luke Keekley. Rest in peace, Luke Keekley. That's a sad loss. I know Will was devastated with that one. Yeah, Luke Keekley was a top five fantasy player. Every year he was consistently healthy. Like, he was an incredible player. Uh, first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. Jordan Howard, looking good now. He's going to be the starting running back there in Miami. I know. I think he put on sleeper that he is untouchable as well. <laughs> <laughs> Leighton Vanderesh, he was injured most of last year, and he's a really, really good linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys there. Yeah, I have him in my other dynasty league, and he as it sucked last year because he was hurt for a good portion of the year. But his rookie year, my he was one of the top ten linebackers. So he got Austin Hooper in the tenth. I think he was even a top three tight end for the first half of the season at the minimum. Mm-hmm. Then he got hurt, and then um, you know he's gone for a couple weeks. In the 14th and the 16th, he took Adrian Peterson and Larry Fitzgerald. Both of those guys are probably, you know, within two years of being done. Larry Fitzgerald is supposed to have been retired the last three years, and then he keeps signing one-year yeah. deals. Yeah. So. <laughs> he just won't die. It's just like Frank Gore, AP, and Larry Fitzgerald. Throw them all in the same category. Mm-hmm. If we look at the 17th and the 18th round, then he has Chris Jones. Just signed a massive deal with the Chiefs, so that's big. I thought that was going to be a holdout, so that was a big win for Will's team. Chris Jones is a monster player. And then in the 18th, right after that, he takes Tom Brady. I think that's good value. I mean, now he's he's with Tampa Bay, explosive offense. 
I think he's going to be really, really good this year. And if I had to put money on it, I'd say that Tom Brady will be his starting quarterback most weeks. Probably. Um, we did say a little bit that Aaron Rodgers was drafted too high. Tom Brady at, in the 18th round is incredible. That was a great pick. And then Demarius Randall, former Packer, with his final pick. And Mr. Irrelevant. All right. Well, I mean, Demarius Randall at one point was supposed to be a good player, and he's kind of bounced around a while now, so we'll see. Let's take a look at his rookie draft, and he only had four picks, and he ends up taking TJ Hawkinson with the 103, which I'll be honest, completely threw me off my bar stool at Subbies. <laughs> I did not think a tight end would be going in the first round. I know TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant were highly touted. Probably could have got Miles Sanders if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. So Miles Sanders going forward have been a great pick. TJ Hawkinson's going to be a good player. If not, we'll see a great. But that 103, I was pretty surprised as well. 210 then, he ends up taking Nick Bosa. And, you know, if we look back at this past draft, that's around the range that Ryan took Chase Young. Mm-hmm. So almost identical players. He wasn't even the first IDP taken. Which he was the third IDP amazed. that was taken. By far the best rookie IDP last year. Yeah. But. And Devin White and Devin Bush were the other two. And they both had really good years, but I'm 100% would rather have Nick Bosa moving forward. 303, then he takes Alexander Madison. I'll kind of voice my opinion on, you know, what Will did with him in a little bit here. And then in the last pick with 410, he takes Rocky Sin. One of the greatest <laughs> names ever, but I don't really know what he does or where he plays. So. Let's get into his depth chart then. Uh, Taking a look here, it obviously is a lot different compared to his veterans draft. If we look at his quarterbacks, starting with Tom Brady, I already voiced my opinion on that. He's going to be outstanding this year, I think. As much as I love Aaron Rodgers as a Packer fan, I I think Brady is probably your starter most weeks. And speaking of Aaron Rodgers, I think that he's going to be on the decline. Obviously, he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But now they didn't even address the wide receiver position. They didn't add any more weapons unless you count Devin Funches. So, you know, he really only has – at least he has Devontae Adams for a full season, hopefully, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very happy about with having Devontae Adams um, for that. But uh, I guess he has a chance to have a bounce back year, but even if it is, it'll be like a year or two and then it'll be back on the decline. So, But then he does have some young depth with Teddy Bridgewater as the new starter in Carolina. All fantasy aside, it was a completely asinine move by the Carolina Panthers because they're going to be so bad. Mm-hmm. And if they go ahead and they're terrible and then they draft like Lawrence or Fields, the hell was the point of them, you know? It's yep. like a Nick Foles situation or even like if we go even further, Matt Flynn when he got all that money from Seattle. And yep. then they drafted Russell Wilson. Yep. So I, a terrible move on their part. Good move for fantasy for Will to pick him up, actually for basically free. Then he's also got Justin Herbert on his taxi. I don't like Justin Herbert. I voiced that. <laughs> I am a fan of Justin Herbert. Um, he impressed me quite a bit in that Badger game, and I knew for a while he was like a top prospect. I think he will be good. We'll just have to see how long it takes for him to be there. And then his last quarterback, quote-unquote, in the depth chart is Taysom Hill. You know, I know he's mad that he made the trade with me to get Taysom Hill. Sleeper is literally the only platform that does not have Taysom Hill with tight end flexibility. It would be absolutely preposterous for them to keep him as only a quarterback. I wish there was a weapon option for a fantasy, like a flex spot. Or like college football, what they call him, athlete. Or weapon X. I've I've seen that designation too. That's what Taysom Hill is. He's thrown the ball like 15 times in the last two years. Jake Laser has stated that Taysom Hill is the guy when Drew Brees is done. 
I find that really interesting because they just went and they got Jameis Winston. And Taysom Hill, as they everybody thinks he's so young, and he's in his young low thirties. <laughs> yeah. He's a good player, but he's not any future QB. He's already past his the future guy uh, ability. All right, let's get into his running backs. So we start out with Austin Eckler and Le'Veon Bell. Me being a Charger fan, I love Austin Eckler. You know, he's he's probably my second favorite player on the team right now, right behind Derwin. You know, Keenan Allen's up there, but I think he's very, very limited. He's going to be gone in, in after this year, potentially even. But I love Austin Eckler. He's a great option for our PPR league. Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, I think they're going to basically take on the Melvin Gordon role, either combined or one of them is going to emerge. So I think Austin Eckler is going to stay in the exact same situation. If he's getting a lot of passing work with Tyrod and Justin Herbert just dumping it down, that's going to be great for him moving forward. Yeah, um, I'm I'm still upset about the trade I made with Will for that. I I, I will fully admit uh, that was a big loss by me. I still thought Melvin Gordon was going to sign long term there, and that's why I felt comfortable. And now that Eckler is the guy, yeah, uh, Le'Veon Bell should have a pretty good year this year, though. I, I, we'll talk later about how, what we thought of that trade, but for this year, Le'Veon Bell should be pretty solid. I've voiced my frustration with Adam Gaze, who I would argue is a bottom three coach in the NFL. He hates Le'Veon Bell. He literally went out in a press conference when they signed Frank Gore, and he said like how in love he was with and enamored with Frank Gore. He's 40, right? <laughs> Pretty damn close. <laughs> so like, what's the point? And Le'Veon Bell is one of the best pass catchers in the NFL. He's got another pass catcher there with James White with the Patriots. Uh, if Sony starts on the pup, I think Damian Harris will slide right in as like the rushing running back. James White's still going to keep his same role. A lot of people are like, okay, if Sony's you know, going to go down, James White's going to explode. Not necessarily the case. When we saw Sony go out last year, they were using like Rex Burkhead and Brandon Bolden. So I think James White's role is pretty definitive. Now with Cam Newton there, he's going to run the ball a lot more, and he doesn't really dump off as much. Yeah, James White is a fantastic PPR back. But if you want him to run the ball, they don't use him as a running back that way. And then he's got Jordan Howard, I already mentioned, outstanding kind of hold piece there for Will. He's going to be a starting running back. He doesn't get involved in the passing game, but he's going to get a ton of volume. He's going to get like 275 mm -hmm. carries potentially. Yep. And then Tevin Coleman he's got there. I know Will is ecstatic as well because Raheem Mostert's been demanding a trade and his agent has been doing so. I still don't get that for Raheem Mostert. I know he's not on Will's team. It doesn't make any sense. He was undrafted. He's been on like eight teams. And he wants to get paid bank. He, as a running back in the NFL, you will not get paid what you're worth. No. Um, the top running, like Derrick Henry, but I don't know what the details. Fifty, of this million, 50 million over four years. Four years. Okay, so it's about twelve-ish per year. Yep. And that's what the top running back gets when a top receiver, a top QB, get double to triple to quadruple that. Mm -hmm. He was an undrafted guy, bounced around a bunch of teams. The Kyle Shanahan system is perfect for running backs. They will have their career years there. It's been proven. And Mostert's making like $2 million, And unfortunately, on the open market, he is not getting that anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So I, I, that one I don't understand. The really nice thing about Tevin Coleman, though, is you just mentioned that, you know, the running back system with Shanahan is so good. Tevin Coleman's going to have his games where he goes off. He did the same exact thing last year. Mm -hmm. It was more so Mostert towards the end of the year because he was kind of the guy. But there was even games last year where, like, Jeff Wilson was going off. And now Jarek McKinnon's in the system, you know, hopefully, because yes. he's healthy. 
So we'll see kind of what happens there. Bree is gone. That's a big thing. He was probably their best pure rusher on the team. He was. was with Miami. Mm-hmm. But I like that option there for Will with Tevin Coleman. Rounding out his running backs, he's got Keyshawn Vaughn on his taxi squad. Personally, I think that's a good decision at least to start the year because I think Ronald Jones is going to be the guy at least to start. I'm not sold on Ronald Jones. I know you have him on your team. Uh I, that's why I think Keyshawn Vaughn about mid-year takes over as a top running yeah. back, but it's a good spot for a taxi I kind of right expect now. that, though. You know, with Ronald Jones, I'm going to have to do something with the running back because I'm I'm nervous with my depth. But with Keyshawn Vaughn, I think he's going to take over at some point, so it's good to start at him on the taxi because you don't know what his, his defined role is with little to no training camp in preseason. Absolutely, yep. Wide receivers now. So if we look at his top three, that's really his strength. He's got Michael Thomas, who he drafted, Chris Godwin, who is an upcoming superstar, and DK Metcalf, up and rising star there in Seattle. Kind of showed out last year. That was a really, really good piece for Will to add. His top three receivers are, without looking at all the rest of the rosters in this league, are at least top two receiver yeah. position in all in this entire league. Sure. And then he's also got Randall Cobb, who he just got from you, right? Yeah. And then he's got Denzel Mims. I know him and I were both very, very high on him. He ended up taking him in the first round. Fitzgerald, we've talked about. Equinemius St. Brown. His guy, Tyler Johnson, who is on the taxi squad. (laughs) (laughs) So that's his wide receiver depth. We move on to his tight ends then. Starts with Tyler Higby and TJ Hawkinson. They're kind of interchangeable because Higby could go off. But also, the Rams run a three-tight end system. That might hurt Higby just a little bit. TJ Hawkinson is a more interesting case. Obviously, being in a sophomore year, he was injured most of the year last year. He exploded in the first couple of games there with the Lions. I know he was a huge like waiver wire pickup for a lot of teams in redraft. Um, and obviously, he needs to live up to the hype, knowing Will took him with the third overall pick in the rookie. He also has Devin Asiasi, who is a tight end with the Patriots. It's Asiasi, Keen, and Lacoste. Kind of a coin flip if he's going to be anything at all. But well, he was their highest drafted tight end. That's a good spot for the taxi. Yep. Um, both both tight ends that he has on his regular roster, uh, they have the ability to go off. It's just not sure what you're going to get week to week with them. Kicker is Dan Bailey with the Vikings there. He was one of the best kickers of the NFL when he was with Dallas kind of falling off but he has his role there with the vikings it's a kicker mm-hmm. we're not going to talk much about it no i think we need to spend 45 minutes talking about the ability of dan bailey all right let's 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 have an episode all about dynasty kickers <laughs> deal <laughs> all right the d line then we got nick bosa chris jones i like those two options right there so he's got nick bosa chris jones i like those two right there in the fantasy aspect and then also calais campbell <laughs> Uh, but yeah, all three of those guys are phenomenal. Calais Campbell is on the downturn of his career, but he just got brought over by the Ravens. So the Ravens' front four is going to be ridiculous. But Bosa and Jones are pretty much must-starts every week. Looking at his linebackers, then. He's got Leighton Vander Esch. I already talked about I like him. Some dude he just picked up that is with the Cardinals, Devondre Campbell, who actually had a really good season. K.J. Wright with Seattle. Still part of that Legion of Boom that's left over, right? Yeah, one of, I think one of the last guys with Bobby Wagner. Yeah, Bobby, that's it. Yep. And then we have Rashawn Evans with the linebackers. Any thoughts on those linebackers? Uh, when I was looking up his linebacker, I'm like, I like all these names. I didn't know who Devondre Campbell was. And I looked them all up, and they were all 
uh, outside of Van Der Esch, who was hurt, were all top 15 fantasy linebackers last year. So he has four of them, which is probably one, two, one or two too many, but they're all really good players. So you've got good depth. Looking at his defensive back, he actually just picked this guy up, Taylor Rapp. He's a safety there with the Rams now because Weddle is retired. Love Eric Weddle. Gotta love him. He's a charger for life. Anthony Harris. I just actually saw that they were discussing a trade, the Vikings and the Giants, on sending Harris over to the Giants. Von Bell is another safety he has, and then Logan Ryan, who is currently a free agent. Any thoughts on those DBs? Uh, Rapp and Harris are very good players. Um, Rapp got a, bi- a bigger um, chance last year when Weddle got hurt for a little bit. Harris was a phenomenal player. Logan Ryan shouldn't be on a roster. Von Bell, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I know Logan Ryan was his starting either IDP flex or DB last year, but he's got to go. He doesn't mm-hmm. have a team. So if we look a little bit at his rookie picks then, right now in 2021, he has a first, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. The sixth is mine because we did a six-round swap. So <laughs> he got rid of his second and third. 2022 then, he has a first, second, fourth, fifth, and sixth. So no third. 2023, he's back to normal with his six picks we also forgot about logan wilson who will recently picked up he's a rookie there with the bengals will has to make four cuts this year i'm gonna let you start and kind of talk about who your four are you think he could or should be cutting well i see that we're in agreement on two of them um the easy the easy two are logan ryan right now because he doesn't have a team um, and then Equinemius St. Brown, he's not a fantasy rosterable receiver. Then the last two that I have, uh, I mentioned how great of a linebackers he has. He's got like four of the top 15 from last year, and then he just picked up this rookie, Logan Wilson, who, at, to be honest, I had no idea who this guy was until I just looked him up. With those five linebackers and four of them being great, I think at some point he's going to have to cut some, some of those guys. So I, I would say Wilson is out. And then it was between K.J. Wright and Rashawn Evans, and I think he'd have to cut K.J. Wright, for, in my opinion. So my four are going to be also Logan Ryan, and then Equinemius St. Brown, like you kind of talked about. He's already got enough wide receiver solid options there. My third is Rashawn Evans rather than K.J. Wright. And then my fourth is going to be Von Bell, just because he has two good safeties already in rep and Anthony Harris. We're going to be right back to talk a little bit about commentary on Will's team. I command you to go back out there and fight. I'm not tired. Let's talk about some thoughts we have on Will's team, either advice we may have or, you know, some positive things that we saw from his team last year and then also his team kind of breakdown right now. So my first note is regarding his IDPs. I know he loves IDPs. Me, I don't value them at all. And it's funny because if we look at the two Sladkey brothers, one has a massive amount, the other has the bare minimum. So when we look at Will's team, he has a ton of IDPs. And when we look at our roster, you only start four. And he slowly dropped some over time because at one point his team name was IDP Army because he had that many. He is second behind D Sladkey for most IDPs rostered. I think he's going to slowly start to filter them out. I know he loves his IDPs, but I was very interested when you guys were doing your um, top defensive players, how nine of his top 20 were defensive backs when usually the linebackers are pretty much all of them and then a few top defensive ends, maybe one or two safeties. 
9 out of 20 is incredibly high. My second point then, <laughs> I need to know how he decides what to randomly change his name to. Because he changes his name like five times a week. I read it and I'm like, okay, like what, what does that even mean? I don't even know what he's talking about with his name changes. Yeah, along going with the name changes, also his nicknames of his players too. He <laughs> changes those all the time too. It's like, what's going on? Are you just bored? Or? He also has two really, really good veteran quarterbacks in Rodgers and Tom Brady. We have seen also from last year that elite quarterbacks can win you the week. Knowing that it's six points for passing and rushing touchdowns, those veteran backs can still prosper because they don't need to depend on the running. Like in your regular redraft league where the quarterbacks that can run the ball, it's kind of cheat code and it puts them on a completely different tier. I really liked his two running backs that he has in Jordan Howard and Tevin Coleman, especially with the spot we're at right now. I think that he would be very, very smart to hold them and not dangle them for a trade. They're good running backs. They're in great spots. You know, why would you do that? Especially with running back being his area, quote unquote, of weakness. Although I do think that um, Howard will be replaced by Brita. Brita's pretty much replaced everyone he's played with mm -hmm. throughout his career. I also thought it was a really interesting approach if we go back to our recent rookie draft for him to take Mims over Judy. And Judy just kept falling. Denzel Mims would be really good, like early in the second. But he took him at, you know, I think the 8th, was it? I think so, because it was one of the picks that I traded with him. Yeah, so he took him that early, <clears throat> and Judy was still on the board. No. I, you know, I, I feel beyond ecstatic to get Judy just through the trade, but I think Judy was the clear choice over Mims, regardless of my love for him. It was Lamb and Judy in some order as the top two receivers, but he took Mims over both of them. And on Justin Jefferson was also taking over Judy as well. That was a, that was a that completely was a homer, biased pick. homer so. pick, yes. Yeah. The Mims over Judy is very, very interesting. Now, I'm curious of what his current thoughts are on how he traded the number two to you for the number eight and the number nine. You know, he was talking about he thought that you wouldn't take Acres, mm -hmm. and then you ended up doing it, and he was not happy. Rightfully so, because he kind of wishes that he could have got Acres. He was, I think he said he was going to go Acres and Mims with his two picks. He ends up going with Vaughn, who is, yes, a big step down and we'll see if he gets the work right away but i'm curious of what his thoughts are on that trade right now um yeah i love being able to trade up to, i thought taylor was by far the better back between the two of them which is why i traded up also being a homer badger fan uh but i think when we originally started talking i said i'd probably get another running back but i wasn't sure who at the time so i think that's why he thought acres was gonna be able to get to him and then I'm like, well, Akers is still sitting here. I got to take him. I have Justin Herbert down as the perfect taxi hold. I could also say the same thing for Tua Tungavailoa. Not exactly on the same tier, but like Jordan Love, I think he's in that category as well. And Jalen Hurts, because they wouldn't have been drafted in that early of a pick for no reason at all, unless you have a just incompetent front office. He also has two top 10 wide receivers moving forward in Dynasty. I think that's going to carry him a very long way. We've already talked about it with Godwin and Michael Thomas. Will also loves getting the scat backs, the, the pass catchers. In a PPR league, that's good, but you can't always rely on them to be able to run the ball consistently. That is uh, where you had Tariq Cohen, Eckler, uh, James White, uh, who knows what Keyshawn Vaughn will be. 
Uh, his love for scatbacks are quite a bit. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell, he traded for him. It was a nice grab. What did you think of that Le'Veon Bell trade? I liked it for him right now. If Kareem Hunt goes off as much as I think he will, even being, you know, the second string running back, I think Lefty could win that trade. It depends on who he gets in that second round pick, but I, I like that trade right now for Will in a minor fashion. You don't like the trade in the long term, right? I do not at all. Uh, Levy, this year, he wins that trade. I'm very high on Kareem Hunt, and he only lost his job for being a complete ass to a woman. Will has kept all of his first-round picks moving forward, which is really, really wise of him. I think he has the ammo necessary that if he starts winning and he's like all in on the season, he can easily dish one or two of those away for a player that's going to kind of guide him through the playoffs to win it all. I don't know if he'll do that, though. I don't either, but going with that he is literal interest in half of the league's players, I think that he has the interest in doing something like that because he does have the ammo to make that happen. Kind of bouncing down to one of the trades that he made, he traded away Juju and a first for Godwin. In Sterk's perspective, he 100% sold high on that. After a couple trades, what Sterk ended up getting was J.K. Dobbins. So let's think about that trade as basically being Juju and J.K. Dobbins for Chris Godwin. You know, Chris Godwin's going to be a top wide receiver for a long time, but I also think that the return Sterk got was very, very high. Will easily won it the first year. I think going forward, it'll be close. Uh, Juju will have a bounce back year, and J.K. Dobbins within a year or two will be the Ravens' top running back. And I think eventually Will loses that, but it's a great pickup at the time. Everybody hurts. Let's talk about a trade that you will have nightmares with for years. You traded away Austin Eckler for Tariq Cohen and two-thirds. What crack were you on? <laughs> it was a trade deadline, and I was excited to make moves. And at the time, I thought Melvin Gordon was going to come back and sign a deal with the Chargers, and Eckler was just going to go back to being their backup back. And I don't think I could have been any more wrong. Um, <laughs> Tariq Cohen is another scat back that I was already talking about that Will loves, and he's literally only on my team for PPR value because he doesn't run the ball at all. Mm -hmm. Will clap me on that one. A trade that he made with Little Slads, right when Little Slads was done with his inaugural expansion draft, uh, Will gave up Derrick Henry and Austin Hooper, and he got Kareem Hunt, DK Metcalf, and a second-round pick. Looking back, very bad trade, I thought, for Will. I do like DK Metcalf, but he gave away his top, running back option mm -hmm. and yes i know he loves scat backs and stuff like that derrick henry is like a running back one I, you know i wish he would have got something else in that package he did get a little bit younger with getting kareem metcalf and that second but he also gave up a workhorse running back in trades more times than not whoever gets the best player they're gonna win the deal i don't think it hurt his team too much is the other point I want to get at because he already has such a good team. Mm -hmm. Metcalf's not going to be like an every week flex player, so that's still good. Yeah, um, I mean he gave up a top. He sell sold high on Austin Hooper, uh, but Derek. I think he thought Henry was going to be a sell high because he wasn't sure if the Titans were going to keep him long term. And mm. now that they have, now point. it looks a little worse. One positive that Will will be able to hold over all of our heads is Aaron Rodgers holds the record for the best fantasy performance in our league's existence. So last year, he absolutely torched the Oakland Raiders. Now, I know he's made mention as well in the past that he knows, rightfully so, that he made a mistake by going old with his quarterbacks. 
but he countered that this year with the Herbert pick, which is really, really smart. We don't know what Herbert's going to look like, but let's think about it. And it's going to be the third straight episode I mentioned this. <laughs> you have two top five quarterbacks moving forward in Dynasty. Maybe you and Will could work something out for either Kyler or Dak. Maybe he's content with the quarterbacks that he has. Like we said, Tom Brady is going to be a top, probably top 10 fantasy QB this year. Rodgers, we'll see. I mean, I think he'll be solid, and I love that it's the third straight episode that you mentioned this. <laughs> but, I mean, if he wants to, I'm open for offers. I wanted to mention a trade as well he made with Randy, with the Alexander Madison. Now, knowing what we know about Raheem Mostert, if it would go through with the trade, I think this trade is very, very balanced. Mm-hmm. But he gave away Alexander Madison, who I would argue is the number one. Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard, and Latavius Murray. Those are my three top handcuffs so he gives madison away to randy who has dalvin cook and he gets tevin coleman and a third i think he should have got way more than that you know i'm already upset when i had tony pollard that i sold him for so low i think it was a major l on my part i think it's kind of in the same boat as well because madison if given the opportunity is going to be a running back one i don't think that's even a question but going forward, he might have won that trade if Tevin is the RB1 at in San Francisco this year yeah, going forward. And then we have one more trade to talk about. Logan was able to trade Taysom Hill to Will for wide receiver two on the Titans and Corey Davis. Corey Davis is a very solid player that Logan has a chance to start every week. Taysom, like, he's, like we said, he talked about a tight end flexibility, but he is an older QB at this point, or Weapon X or whatever you want to call him. I still think... It was decently even, but Logan took the big win on that one. I also have to point out that the boat is always sinking. He'll know what I'm talking about. Keyshawn Vaughn eventually could be the starter, so you're going to have to cut somebody else at some point when he moves him off his taxi. I still don't know who the hell Logan Wilson is. And then I also have to say, rest in peace, podcast to be named later, where PJ Fleck and multiple other future Golden Gophers are going to be Tampa Bay Buccaneers, according to Will. So we're going to come right back with our 2019 season in review. I'm telling mother, oh, you can't. How many bastards does he have running? I will punish you. Mind you did that and bring him to me. You can't insult me. Kill him. Kill all of them, I command it. I want these people executed. I'll gut you, you little cunt. Traitors. All their heads. What are you doing? We need to attack them. Let them have us. So if I wanted to attend a council meeting, I would now have to climb all the stairs in the Tower of the Hat. So Will is the first team preview that we are doing this year for a team that actually made the playoffs. So I'm going to include that as well in this recap. Starting in week one, Will played against Rowdy, and he beat Rowdy by 66.62. Will's leading score was Tom Brady with 31.6, and Rowdy's was Deshaun Watson with 36.7. So Will moved to 1-0. In week two, Will lost to Jake by 14.9 points. Will's leading score was once again Tom Brady with 28.6, and Jake's leading score was Mark Andrews with 25.2. So Will moved to 1-1. and Then Will goes on a three-game win streak, first by beating Ryan by 38.5. His leading score was Austin Hooper with 24.6. Ryan's was Lamar Jackson with 21.2. Will was 2-1 after that week. In week four, Will played against Sterk and beat him by 8.5. Aaron Rodgers was his leading scorer with 29.4. <laughs> Sterk's leading scorer was Jacoby Brissett with 28.5. <laughs> wow. And now Will is 3-1 and one after week four. 
Will then beat Andy by 23.2. Will's leading scorer was Michael Thomas with a whopping 41.2. Damn. He wasn't even the leading scorer of the week, though, because Christian McCaffrey scored 47.7, and Andy still loses by 20. That's not good. <laughs> Will is 4-1 and one on the season. In week six, Will lost to me by 26.6. Will's leading scorer was Austin Hooper with 25.7. And in his final hurrah on my team, Stefan Diggs was my leading scorer with 44.5, moving Will to 4-2. and two. In week seven, Will beat Tyler by 57.3. Yikes. Will's leading scorer was Aaron Rodgers with 53.7, which is that week we were previously talking about. And Tyler's leading scorer was Julian Edelman with, ugh, 14.7. Tyler scored 90 points that week. Will moves to 5-2 and two on the season. In week 8, Will beat D. Sladke by 70.5. And D. Sladke did not score 100. Will's leading scorer was Aaron Rodgers with 33.1. Danny's leading scorer was Stefan Diggs with 19.3. Will, lose, Will moves to 6-2. and two. In week nine, Will lost to Randy by <laughs> 84.7. Will's leading score was Derrick Henry with 24.9. Randy's leading score was Russell Wilson with 49.2, moving Will to 6-3. and three. In week 10, uh, Will beats Little Slads by 54.1, with Will's leading score being Derrick Henry with 33.1, and Little Slads' leading score being Robert Woods with 17.5. Will was 7-3 and three after the year. Will was 7-3 and three after the week. In week 11, Will lost to you by 36.6. Hell yeah. Will's leading scorer was Michael Thomas with 25.4, and Justin's leading scorer was Dak Prescott with 37.5, moving Will to 7-4. and four. Will then played Rowdy for the second time and lost to him by 36.8, so they split the season series. Will's leading scorer was Derrick Henry with 29.5, Rowdy's leading scorer was Drew Brees with 28.4, moving Will to 7 and 5. And then in the season finale, Will gets the split with Jake and beats him by 53.5, an outstanding victory. Aaron Rodgers was his leading scorer with 36.1. Jake's leading scorer was Devin Singletary with 19.1, moving Will's record to 8 and 5 on the season and earning him a number 3 seed. Will beat Sterk in the first week by 12.0. His leading scorer was Austin Eckler with 31.3, and Sterk's leading scorer once again was Jacoby <laughs> Brissett in the playoffs wow. with 26.6. We did something a little different in our league where the one seed was able to pick their opponent. That won't be the case anytime moving forward. I just think it is kind of awkward, and I'd rather just follow the standard setting anyways will ends up playing ryan and loses to him by 41.4 ryan scored over 200 points that week a massive game for his team will's leading scorer was michael thomas with 30.8 and ryan's was lamar jackson with 47.0 ending will's season we're gonna come right back to talk about the preview for will's 2020 season about Gilly that you find so interesting is that she said six words to you. And the thing about you that I found so interesting is absolutely nothing. A wildling girl, a baby, <laughs> and Lord Janus. I found him there after the battle was over in a puddle of his own making. 
they set me to the task of preserving that man's wind accounting and annulments and bowel movements for all eternity, while the secret to defeating the Night King's probably sitting on some dusty shelf somewhere, completely ignored. Oh, but that's all right, isn't it? We can all become slavering, murderous imbeciles enthralled to evil incarnate, as long as we can have access to the full records of High Septum Maynard's 15,782 shits! Standard protocol for this section is once again to go through weeks 1 through 13, Give Sleeper's projected record, give my projected record, and then Justin's projected record for Will's team. So we start off in week one, and Will plays against Tyler. Sleeper is projecting that Will wins by 24.4 points. If we look at a couple of the matchups here, Michael Thomas is playing against Tampa Bay in week one. That's going to be a huge shootout. Same thing goes for Chris Godwin in the flex. Will's going to have DK Metcalf and James White. Looking on Tyler's side there, Sleeper has the highest projected running back on his team being Latavius Murray in the Buccaneers game with Kareem Hunt and his flex players being CeeDee Lamb and Julian Edelman. After this matchup, Will will move to 1-0. and Taking a look at Week 2, Will is playing against Spaceballs. And Sleeper is projecting that he wins by 5.9. couple matchups here of note. If we look at who Sleeper has projected in the flexes, Will has James White and DK Metcalf there in the flex. Spaceballs in the flex has Marquise Hollywood-Brown and Hunter Henry, so a second tight end. After this matchup, Sleeper will have Will moving to 2-0. In week three, Will plays against Randy. Holy crap, look at the score projection by Sleeper. So, Will is projected to beat Randy by .09, according to the projections. Randy in the flex is projected to have Dalvin Cook slash Madison. We'll see what happens with the holdout and Odell Beckham Jr. In Will's flex, he is projected to have DK Metcalf and James White once again. So, after this projection, Will would move to 3-0. Moving on to week four then, Will is playing against Little Slads. Sleeper is projecting Will to win by 16.2. Looking at some of the flex options, Will now has James White in the running back position. Looking at the flexes, Will has Le'Veon Bell and DK Metcalf. Same starters, they just are projecting a good game for James White against the Chiefs. On Little Slads' end, projected in the flex is Cortland Sutton against the Jets, and then David Montgomery against the Colts. After this matchup, Will would move to 4-0. and oh. In Week 5, Will plays against Jake, and he, Sleeper is projecting that he will win by 11.3 points. In this week, Aaron Rodgers is on bye. If we look at a couple other players that are on bye, we see Equinemius St. Brown, TJ Hawkinson, and that's it for this week. We only have two teams that are on bye. Sleeper's projecting that Teddy Bridgewater will score the most points for Will at the quarterback position. Will's flex options are James White and Tevin Coleman. On Jake's end, he's moving Devin Singletary to his second running back with Aaron Jones being on bye. And then his flex options are Darius Slayton and Mike Williams. With this being said, Will would move to 5-0 on the season. In week 6, Sleeper is projecting Will's first loss. Will is playing against Ryan with four teams on bye, being the Patriots, Raiders, Seahawks, and Saints. We look at the players that are on bye for Will. We got Taysom Hill, James White, Michael Thomas, DK Metcalf, and KJ Wright. 
Sleeper is projecting that Will still only loses by 1.0 points. So when we look at the rosters here, Will is going to have Larry Fitzgerald in his second wide receiver position. His flex is going to be Jordan Howard and Tevin Coleman. On Ryan's end, his flex is going to be DJ Chark and Cole Beasley. With this being said, Will would move to 5-1. In Week 7, Will is playing against Justin, and there are four teams on by, being the Colts, Jaguars, Vikings, and Titans. If we look at who Will has on by, he's got Dan Bailey, his kicker, he has Rashawn Evans, and he has Anthony Harris. Some interesting things here, that Sleeper is having him win by 14.5, who Will has in the flex, he's got Le'Veon Bell and DK Metcalf. On your end, you have Devontae Parker and Christian Kirk. So after this week, Will would move to 6-1, and one, moving us to week 8, and Justin's going to take over there. All right, in week 8, uh, we have six teams on by. We have the Cardinals, Ravens, Broncos, Texans, Steelers, and Redskins. So that'd be... You'd lose Randall Cobb, Clay Campbell, Devondre Campbell, all the Campbells. Sleeper projects him to lose uh, to Logan, uh, 166.03 to 158.9, a seven-point loss, which would bring him to 6-2. and two. Some interesting uh, players there. Logan would have A.J. Green and Preston Williams in the flex, um, and then Will would be starting D.K., and uh, James White in the flex with Le'Veon and Austin Eckler being his top running backs. That's a really close matchup, and it would drop Will from probably the top overall seed, potentially, where all the productions are at. So he'd be 6-2 and two after Week 8. Uh, moving on to Week 9, uh, the, there's four teams on by. Uh, Bengals, Browns, Rams, and Eagles. Will is projected to clap Andy, uh, 166.2 to 123.79, bringing him to 7-2 and on the week with a 42-point win. It doesn't help that Andy does not have a kicker that week, uh, but Will will be starting um, Le'Veon Bell and Jordan Howard and James White and Austin Eckler, so all four running backs, uh, no DK in that week, interesting. Um, Andy would be starting in the flex. Uh, John Brown and Nikhil Harry. I now see why Will is supposed to clap her. <laughs> Will would move to 7-2. and two. Uh, Going on to week 10. Will is projected to get his third loss in a really close matchup with Sterk. Uh, 158.04 to 155.82. Teams on by that week are the Falcons, Cowboys, Chiefs, and Chargers. So, Will would lose his RB1 in Austin Eckler, um, Chris Jones, and Leighton Vanderesh. Although he does have enough depth in IDPs, Eckler would be a big loss for him, though. With that loss, Will would be starting Le'Veon, James White, and the flex would be Jordan Howard and DK Metcalf. And Sterk would have Melvin Gordon, Josh Jacobs, David Johnson, and Chris Carson. Oh, that's a lot of good running backs. I can see why. It was a close matchup, but uh, according to Sleeper, Will loses, so he moves to 7-3. and three. Then we go on to Week 11, where there are six teams on by. Will is going to win a close one with Danny, uh, 159.95 to 152.38. Uh, the 7.5 win by Will. Uh, with the six teams on by, we have the Bills, Bears, Dolphins, Giants, Jets, and 49ers. So there, Will loses a couple top running backs for him. Uh, Jordan Howard, Tevin Coleman, Le'Veon Bell, and Nick Bosa. Those are some really good players, which is why the matchup is a little closer than what you'd normally expect. So with all those buys, Will has to start Austin Eckler, 
James White, DK Metcalf, and Larry Fitzgerald in the flex then. Danny is starting uh, Jack Doyle and Mohamed Sanu in the flex. <laughs> Typically, this would be a week where Will should be clapping, Danny, but Will is hit hard by the Holy bias. crap, look at his wide receiver, too. <laughs> Hunter Renfro. <laughs> wow. Literally any other week, Will is destroying Danny in this matchup, but Will is hit hard by the bye, which gives Danny a chance. <laughs> Still, with this, Will is moving to 8-3 and three according to Sleeper. We move on to week 12. Uh, Will is still projected to clap Tyler. 171 to 133 with a 38-point win. Will is able to have his full complement of starters, and he's got Eckler and Bell, along with Thomas and Godwin, who he's always going to start. Uh, DK Metcalf and James White in the flex. Tyler is going to be starting Latavius Murray, Kareem Hunt in the running backs, and his flexes are going to be CeeDee Lamb and Tyrell Williams. Will should move on to 9-3 and three after that one. We go on to week 13, where we once again have to say, why did the NFL do this? Steve uh, is supposed to lose to Will by 22.85. Will is losing some key players to buy this week. He's going to lose Tom Brady, Teddy Bridgewater, and Chris Godwin. So hopefully Aaron Rodgers is healthy at that point, otherwise he's starting Taysom Hill. He loses Godwin. His flexes are going to be James White and Jordan Howard. Spaceballs is going to have uh, Zeke, Mark Ingram, Tyler Boyd, Allen Robinson, Manuel Sanders, and Marquise Brown. So Will, according to Sleeper, would be 10-3 and three at that point and would probably be one of the top seeds for the playoffs. If we go ahead and we look at what our projections are for Will, Sleeper has Will at 10-3, and three which would be either the one or two seed I can put money on them. Justin, what's your projection for Will's record? His team has got good depth, and it's a very, very good team. And I think, for, without a doubt, he'll be in the playoffs. I just think there's a couple of those close matchups that I'm not sure where he's going to be at, and I, I think he might be 8-5. and five. And on my end, I'm kind of in the middle between both you and Sleeper. I have Will projected to be 9-4, and four, so I think we still project Will to be a very, very, very good team, mm-hmm. and it just kind of depends on who his matchup is in the playoffs. That's all we got for team, quote-unquote, personal foul clipping or the other 30 team names that he has. Our next team preview is going to be a tribute to the legend, Johnny Sins. <laughs> 